Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm recording at my home studio far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Guess what? What? It's our season finale part one. Yes, the rumors are true. This is our season finale part one. Okay. What? We actually, this was supposed to be our last episode because remember when we told you this was our last episode, like the last two <laughs> episodes, we were like, this is going to be our last episode. But we had such a jam packed season finale that we decided to split it up into two parts. So uh, you'll have a little less time of missing us. Christmas came early, bitch. Christmas came early and so did me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So coming up today on part one of our jam-packed season finale, we're going to do Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. There are so many great stories today. Then we're going to save our deep dive for next week, part two, because it is the fifth annual Grumpy Awards. And finally, we have a truly iconic guest complainer. Truly iconic. I mean that in every sense of the word. Iconic in the lore of this podcast of my <laughs> life, but also iconic in his own right. We talked about him in multiple episodes. You've heard his work anytime you've listened to people like Ariana Grande, John Legend, Sean Mendez. We have vocal coach, host of the podcast, Backstage Pass with Eric Vitro. Eric Vitro is on the pod. You may know him. I never track my vocals. So shout out to Eric Vitro. <laughs> what does track your vocals mean? Tracking your vocals is when singers who are like dancing a lot on stage will track their vocals ahead of time. So they're essentially lip syncing. And Ariana uh -huh, Grande uh -huh. never tracks her vocals. She's always singing live on stage. And she's shouting out Eric Vitro in her incredible song with Victoria Monet called Monopoly. That's what the lyric is. 
Yes. You may know Eric as the man who appeared on screen when I received my People's Choice Award. <laughs> he was given a thumbs up, a great big smile, and um, we talked on the phone once before, but never really got to know one another. And he is so fun. It was such a fun interview. And I can't wait for everybody to hear it. What a way to end the season. So that's all that's coming up. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start this show. All right. Horse things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, six customers and about two dozen employees in Denmark... Only in Denmark, yeah. I don't know. That sounds exactly like my German accent. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> don't know what a Danish accent is at all, or the difference between that and a Finnish accent or a Norwegian accent. Sorry, I I will stereotype against all of the Nordic countries. Next season, we're gonna be really working on our Nordic accents. Is Denmark even a Nordic country? Isn't it? It seems like it, but I I don't know. Sweden, sure. all of these Ukinogans will come after me. <laughs> Fucking tear my shit up. Oh, I'm so scared. I actually Googled a Danish accent. Nothing really came up. But the only th- one thing that the guy who plays Jamie Lannister in fucking uh, Game, of Thrones Game of Thrones is Danish. <laughs> really? Fascinating. Danish. The things we learn here on Unhappy Hour. I know. Based on my vague <laughs> Googling. <laughs> In reporting. Anyway, six customers and two dozen employees in Denmark were stranded by a snowstorm and had to spend the night stuck inside of an IKEA showroom. That is my dream. And only one of them survived. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I would absolutely love a like Hunger Games type Squid Game situation where everybody gets trapped in an IKEA showroom, but only one of them could walk out in the morning alive. Yeah. And then you win everything in Ikea. Hell yeah. That sounds incredible. For a grand prize of like $100. (laughs) I mean, you've got everything there. You've got food. You've got beds. You've got fake plants. You've got real plants. Yeah. Like what else do you need? Light light fixtures as far as I can see. Yeah. And just a, a deeply bright but unsettling aura. It yes. is. This is why Midsummer was basically just the IKEA of horror movies, because <laughs> IKEA is fully fluorescent. It is fully lit, but somehow you constantly fear for your life. Except for the one man who I walked in on a showroom who was just fully snoring, sleeping on a bed while his family was shopping. That's he was not dream. fearing for his life. <laughs> he was napping. That is the dream. Um, and the, these people got to live out that dream. So up to 12 inches of snow fell, which honestly, as people from okay. Chicago, not that much. Yeah. That's really not that much. I could go for a stroll. There was one winter where there was a really bad snowstorm and we all like the power went out, the heat went out and we all had to sleep in the same room. And we had to like cover the hamster cages with blankets because <laughs> it was getting that cold and we were afraid they were going <laughs> to turn into frozen <laughs> Frozen hamster cubes. <laughs> Wait, what were their names? Not Corn Pop. That was the turtle, right? Right, right. I think we just left him downstairs. Um, oh, good. The one that's actually cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess we would have put him. He had a carrying container that we used for him, too. 
Their names were Muffin and Biscuit. Right. Yes. Knew they were food related. Right. I believe mine was Biscuit and my brother's was Muffin. Anyway. um, Yeah. And that I'm sure more than 12 inches of snow fell that day. Uh, Yeah. And we didn't bitch about it. So. (laughs) um, But yeah, all, all of these customers and employees were forced to stay inside the store when it closed. And they had to they all slept in the beds that were usually on on display. I feel like I feel like this is actually just a publicity stunt by IKEA. Like they probably all could have gone home. I know. I'm I'm like what happened? I do remember there was one winter in Chicago um where it snowed so fast and and built up so quickly that like people had to abandon their cars on Lakeshore Drive. Oh yeah. So I can imagine a situation in which, yeah, maybe it's, you know, just 12 inches of snow, but it falls so quickly that like your cars are just yeah. fucked. They're just stuck in that parking lot. Yeah. So they said, uh, we slept in the furniture exhibitions and our showroom on the first floor. No. <laughs> so that's too German. <laughs> um, and people, people got to pick the exact bed that they've always wanted to try. Wow. Um, they spent the night watching television and eating. I don't really know. I've never seen a TV inside of an Ikea. I feel like it's only a TV that like shows Ikea furniture. <laughs> <laughs> they just watched the Ikea display. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow, look at that bunk bed. Right. People working in a toy shop next door to the Ikea also spend the night in the department store. Um, I love this. It's truly wow. just the North Pole up there. They're like, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> Invite the elves over. Um <laughs> Yeah, one woman said, um, it's much better than sleeping in one's car. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why are you like this? It's been nice and warm, and we are just happy that they would let us in. Good for them. A heartwarming story. Next! A Maryland home was accidentally burned to the ground by an owner who was trying to get rid of a snake infestation. Shiro, Shiro. <laughs> this is also this worth is not, it. Also, a-, a lot of people sent us this uh, this article. Thank you for seeing us. And surprisingly, this isn't me. I don't live in Maryland. This is not a Shiro situation. This person burned down their house, okay? <laughs> this went from a bad situation to a horrifying situation. Imagine you wake up one morning, you're like, fuck, there's snakes all over the house. And then you end the night <laughs> having burned down your house. <laughs> I, But that, to me, is a natural trajectory. Well, the worst part of the story is how it ends, which is the well-being of the snakes is quote undetermined oh no so like they didn't even we don't even know if they burned with the house they could still be thriving they were like oh thanks for keeping us warm little chestnuts roasting on the open fire situation not like i'm burning in hell they could have really just been lounging out i don't really know how snakes respond to fire yeah i also would not be my first mode of trying to get rid of snakes personally but who am i you know. Well, the owner was attempting to use smoke to purge the snakes from the house. Ah. And what happened was um, it got too close to combustible material. And so oh. something exploded. Nobody was hurt. It was accidental. Um, but yeah, they, the house caught on fire. It caused about $1 million in damage. Oh, shit. And See the snakes. According to the fire department, 75 firefighters were called to put out the fire. Damn. 
Damn, that's a big fire. So you see, you see the trouble that snakes cause. You see this nonsense. And they don't even have legs. How can they do so much harm without even having a single leg? And finally, oh, I fucking love this story. Authorities in the United Arab Emirates have conducted their biggest ever crackdown on camel beauty contestants. Oh, wait, are, like like beauty contestants for camels? Yeah, there's a camel beauty contest that they hold. And officials there are cracking down because multiple contestants, they, they have disqualified over 40 camels that have received Botox injections <gasps> and other artificial touch-ups in order to scam their way into the camel beauty pageant circuit. Why are we like this? Why are humans like this? And why do we do it to ourselves, let alone our camels? It is truly, I don't even know where to start with it. I mean, you know. Uh, I have a really big question. Is the Botox, is it for the face or is it for the hump? Um, Because I could see if it's a sloppy hump and it's a floppy hump, you got you got to get that hump erect again. They Oh, it's injected camel's heads and lips with Botox <gasps> to make them bigger. Oh, my Lord. So that, oh, because they all want to go for the camel, the the smoke cigarette camel camel. He's the model for this all. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows camels have big, juicy, voluptuous lips. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the camel toe is named after? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not the toe. It's a common misconception. Um, anyway, uh, Saudi Arabia's... Uh, it's called the King Abdulaziz Camel Festival. Uh, it, it's a month-long festival. Incredible. Where breeders of the most beautiful camels in the world come to compete for $66 million in prize money. <laughs> okay, so we need to get into camel breeding, apparently? I don't actually know. I'm assuming that's not like one grand prize. I think right, there's like right. multiple contests, and that's the money that is won over the course of the month. Still a lot of money. But that is an insane amount. I mean, there is so much money in that region of the world. It's like insane. Whenever I, I like grew up thinking I knew what it meant to be like, I like I understood what wealthy was. Not because I experienced it, but I had like an <laughs> idea of it. Like there right. was a subdivision across the street from where I went to high school. It was like a gated community. And that was like the epitome of wealth to me is yeah. living in that gated community. The rumors were like that was where someone who had won the lottery lived like they mm. recreated Elvis's house, Graceland, in that place. It's it's still there. And it was like, wow, that is like the richest person in the world. And then, no. <laughs> Can you imagine if the richest person in the world lived in <laughs> fucking Payless Heights, <laughs> Illinois? <laughs> the amount of wealth in this part of the world is is unfathomable to me. Um, and yeah, they so um, they are cracking down because Botox injections, facelifts, other cosmetic attractions that make camels more attractive are strictly prohibited. And um, I mean, the point of the contest is that jurors decide the winner based on the shape of the camel's heads and necks and humps and their dress and their postures. Um, but now judges are are escalating the crackdown on artificially enhanced camels 
using, quote, specialized and advanced technology to detect tampering. And they've discovered dozens of breeders that had stretched out the lips and noses of camels, used hormones to boost their muscles, injected their heads and lips with Botox, inflated body parts with rubber bands, and used fillers to relax their faces. Can you imagine? I just... Oh, I'm speechless. This camel walks up to you looking like, I don't know, a real housewife. Just (laughs) (laughs) the most beautifully tight face you've ever seen. Skin popping, shining, glistening, fucking cheekbones all the way up to their eyes. Yeah, I think the real question here is... Can I get the number of their plastic surgeon? <laughs> yeah. Apparently they're not doing great work if it's detectable. <laughs> Use well only detectable using special special technology, not just with the naked eye. That's true. But that's a slippery slope. Oh, you get one little camel lip injection. And then next thing you know, you're going to be wanting to enter beauty contests. And <laughs> I, guess what? I won't defend you if they call you out in the press. Fine, then I won't share my prize money with you. <laughs> you won't You won't get it. I'll get the <laughs> reward money for turning you in. Damn. Anyway, um, shout out to these. <laughs> shout out to these beautiful camels. Obviously, we do not condone this animal abuse. <laughs> we just want it just for the record. <laughs> we should clarify that this is animal abuse and it's sad. <laughs> but also hot objectively hilarious um (laughs) and that's it for this week's worst things first if you want more unhappy hour shit and obviously you do you can head to my patreon patreon.com slash matt you'll get video of bonus stories you'll get a special separate podcast feed that's basically a bonus episode that shows up right in your podcast app and listen we're going to be off for the next few weeks but you can get your extra unhappy hour fix on Patreon. You'll get all of those bonus things. And I'll upload uh, the uh, the worst things first stories that we, we didn't include in the last handful of episodes. Because guess what? I slacked and I haven't uploaded to Patreon this week or the past few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. Okay? Jeez. Buy yourself a Christmas present. It's also good to support the show and you support me. Uh, you know, yeah, Barry works for a fucking company, but I work for myself, okay? So uh, you're supporting making the show happen, all of the shit that I put into it. Um, it helps. So thanks. Patreon.com slash MattBellisai. And next, we have Eric Vitro on the pod right after this commercial break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. My guest complainer today is a man who crossed my path in the, in the best way possible, and we'll get into all of that. He is a vocal coach who's worked with some of the most iconic singers in the world, Ariana Grande, John Legend, Rosalia, you name it. And now he's the host of the podcast Backstage Pass, where his celebrity students come on and chat about their vocal journeys. Welcome, Eric Vitro. Thank you so much, Matt. I'm thrilled to be talking to you. I'm so excited. We, we've talked once before, I think, but besides that, we haven't really had a chance to sit down and like get to know one another. No, and this is another opportunity for me to apologize for that <laughs> ridiculous incident that happened to us. There is no need to apologize. So um, I, I guess we should say that up top, which is, yeah, our, our paths crossed because of an incident in 2016, I believe. It was the People's Choice Award. I had won for favorite social media star. And when they went to hand out the award, uh, it was one of those situations where it was just when they were coming back from a commercial, handing it and then going away. It was like a 10 second thing. And the cameraman just immediately forgot what I looked like. And you happened to be sitting in front of me and he stopped on you and you didn't know what was going on. Uh, and the camera stayed on you. And then they went back to the show and that was it. That was that was my my 10 seconds of, of fame. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> actually just see me I, behind you. I think it was more like. 30 or 40 seconds, to be honest with you. And the, there's so many ironies to it that the first thing I can just say is that I never usually sit in the audience because I usually work with multiple people. And I mm -hmm. was working with two different people that, well, three actually, that were singing that day. It was Shawn Mendes singing a duet with Camila Cabello, their first duet, and mm -hmm. then Jason Derulo. So I was just going to stay backstage, watch on the monitor like I always do. And Sean said, no, I got you a ticket. I want you to get the audience, you know, experience. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So I go out and I'm not really paying attention to what's going on. And there's a lot of kerfuffling going on because the seat filler doesn't want to get up. And anyway, so I sit down in my seat and I'm not really paying attention. All of a sudden the show starts and all I do is see this cameraman right in front of me going like this, like, like, look alive, buddy, do something. Right. So I thought, oh, he's going to pan the audience, starting with me, and just pan the whole crowd. So I'm going like this with my thumbs. 
And I'm thinking, well, any minute now, the camera's going to start moving. <laughs> and he's not moving, but I'm going like this, and he's smiling and laughing. I'm doing my thumbs up. I must have looked like I was on crack. I mean, <laughs> I never act like that, Matt. I never do. I'm much more subdued. So anyway, I'm doing all that, and I'm wait- and I'm thinking, well, what the, you know, W2F, when is he going to move away from me? Uh-huh. And finally, all of a sudden, he just turns it off. And I thought, well, that was weird. Well, maybe, you know, a different cameraman scanned the audience. So I didn't think anything about it. Sean, they do their duet. I go backstage and I went right into Jason Derulo's room because I was working with him next. And he went, boy, you just got a lot of airtime, buddy. And I went, (laughs) airtime? And he went, yeah, the camera was on you that whole segment. And I was like, what? Like, I couldn't believe it. And so then when I found out and realized what happened, I felt so bad. But the irony is I come home, I, I call my cousin, who's like my sister. I tell her the whole story. And I'm like, I've got to find this guy. I've got to find him. I called the publicist for the show. I said, you've got to find mm-hmm. him. I must apologize, right? My cousin calls me back before the publicist of the show and said, you're not going to believe this. I just told this story in my office, my real estate office, and his best friend works in the office, your best friend from college, and gave me his number. That's how I got your number. <laughs> how crazy is that? Yeah, because we we chatted the next day and you called and you you said you're you were sorry. And I was like, oh, my God, you have nothing to be sorry about. You (laughs) you didn't know anything. I felt so bad. But anyway, so (laughs) so that's it. So that's how we met. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, that was the next day when, you know, we chatted and I, you know, we, we kind of met over the phone and then you told me that you were a coach and that you were working with Jason. And well, now I know to blame Sean, first it's of all, because he was, fault. if he hadn't yeah. gotten me that ticket, I would have never been out there because <laughs> I never go out in the audience. I just don't do it. But now it's like, you know, now that I, I, I know you, I feel like I see and hear your name all over the place. You are a star. You are you are the most sought after coach. And so it's such a pleasure to talk to you and to hear and to hear your story. Well, thank you so much for saying that. I wouldn't call myself a star at all, but I do get <laughs> to work with a lot of stars. You're the star with this great podcast, which I love because I love hearing people complain about things because then I go, it's not just me. It's not just me. I get it. I yeah. feel the same way, you know? So I well, love it. That's, yeah, I appreciate that. That's what we're here for. It's it's a form of therapy, you know? We, we like to get it all out and complain. It's very cathartic. Um, and on that note, I mean, I want uh, you're a guest here. I want to hear about what you have to complain about. We always ask, what is what is something that you hate that everybody else loves? Well, I don't know if everybody else loves. Well, I guess they must because they all do it. Probably my biggest pet peeve, my biggest hate is I get these texts. And by the way, I'm teaching like eight hours in a row. And so mm-hmm. and then I work on my podcast and that podcast takes up a lot of time, as you know. I have very little time to answer texts and emails. So I'll try to do it in between students. I'll have 60 seconds to scan like 10 (laughs) texts. And invariably, I'll get a couple of texts where it's long, all drawn out, no punctuation whatsoever. So there's no period, no capital. I'm like, what? Where did one sentence end? Where does the other begin? I don't know what they're talking about. And then part B of my complaint is that they don't proof it. So I'll get Uh things like, I just got one recently. I want SEC 20 at one. 
And I'm like, what the fuck does, I don't know what that, I'm sorry, (laughs) can I swear or can I not? You go for it, absolutely. What the fuck does that mean? So now I have to take the time to say, I don't know what you're talking about. That's an extra text right there. Then they Mm -hmm. write back, I want a lesson December 20th at two. And I'm like, oh, they just, well, they said at one, but two. So December 20th, well, now I know. So I write back, okay, I can do December 20th at two. They write back, no, it has to be one. I wrote, but you just wrote two. They said, oh, that was a mistake. But I originally wrote one. Well, I don't know what you wrote. Like, why do people do this? They just send off these wild, fast texts, in, you know, bad spelling, bad grammar, no punctuation. And I don't know what they're talking about. So I hate that. I I completely agree. I think people get a little a little too comfortable just assuming that you know what they mean and you have no idea. Yeah. Would you know SEC, small letter S, SEC 20, what that means? I want SEC 20. Absolutely not. <laughs> Can't they write, no. I want a lesson on December 20th? Not I uh-huh. want SEC. I, I, anyway. I run into this problem on the dating apps myself where I always want to be cool and just assume, like, you know, make them think that I know what the hell they're <laughs> saying. And it's always better to clarify <laughs> It's never a good idea to just assume this is what they mean because you could get into some dicey situations. Yeah, especially on a dating app. I can imagine that would be. Yeah, yeah. But I I mean, you don't have to name names. I, I'm not saying that. But I do assume that perhaps some celebrities are, um, we'll just assume that, you know, you'll figure it out. You'll know what I mean. You know, actually, I, 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 funny enough, it's not them that writes those okay. horrible texts. It's the managers and agents. Mm. No, the actual people I work with are much better texters. Well, that is actually fascinating. And yeah, I would say that tracks in my own experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's all of those kind of businessy people who are like, you know, we're so busy. Yeah. We're answering a thousand texts a day yeah. and yeah. we have to abbreviate everything. And I'm like, I just, yeah. Yeah, it drives me crazy. But anyway, so that's probably my one of my biggest complaints. There's plenty to complain about. Well, I want to I want to talk about, you know, the kind of. The job of being a vocal coach and, and you know, I've listened to your podcasts and it's so fascinating to hear the, the process or get a, a little bit of the process. But I guess the most basic question is just how would you describe what a vocal coach is? Well, I mean, there's a few things. One is that um, of there's a voice teacher and a vocal coach, and some people do both, and I do both. Mm-hmm. So the voice teacher is someone who really helps you develop your voice, your singing voice giving you Mm -hmm. technique, how to maintain your voice, how to sing higher, lower, louder, softer, all of that. So it's more about technique and improving the sound of your voice, enhancing it. And then a vocal coach works a little bit more on performance, like the performance of the song, the interpretation of the song, sometimes how to make a song easier to sing if it's a hard song to sing. And then uh, the third though component I always feel like I have is the voice teacher, vocal coach, therapist. Because, right. you know, you've got to be in the right headspace to do a good job. You cannot get on stage with a bad headspace or feeling insecure about your voice or insecure about your performance and do your best. You just can't. So a lot of it has to do with really getting in the right, proper frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Katy Perry said in an interview once that I was her vocal life coach, which I thought, oh, that's good. I like that <laughs> vocal life coach. OK, that's a good one. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I loved that. I, that um, I think it was Sean Mendez who, in your interview with him, said that you are in his phone as as vocal <laughs> teacher slash uh, or coach slash therapist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I I thought that was so funny. He said that, and I love that. Um, yeah. But yeah, because you know, I don't think what people realize is how much pressure there is. I think from the outside, you just oh, they're singing at the Grammys. How fun would that be? No one mm-hmm. thinks fun, really, when something is live or the Academy Awards. If you make a mistake, millions of people are going to see you, talk about it, you know, make fun of it, make memes yeah. about it, all of that. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure. Saying it's going to be fun is not one of the adjectives I would use. It's a lot of pressure. And so what I try to do is get people as comfortable as they can and feel as confident as they can that they have all the tools that they need to get out and do a great performance. So it's a combination of things, really. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I am singing in front of people is always everybody needs to be drunk. (laughs) We need to be in a dimly lit karaoke bar where everybody is drunk and then I'll I'll belt as loud as I can. Right, right. But you don't always have that uh, situation, Matt, when you're a professional singer. So. That's true. I know. I'm just saying I've, if if we can arrange it so that, you know, the Grammys are held at a karaoke bar, then I think <laughs> at <laughs> 11 or midnight down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's no morning. Everybody shows. gets a free shot when they walk in <laughs> and no coverage the next day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, I just think that people don't realize. And that's one of the things I was hoping with the podcast was that anybody in any profession at all would hear how hard these people work, what it is they do to get themselves in a good mind space and go, oh, well, I could do that in my profession, whether you're an athlete or a dancer or an actor. So I thought, well, this will be really good for people to hear people who have become this successful, to hear Ariana Grande, who arguably has one of the best voices out there, to hear Mm -hmm. that she works really hard at it or any of the people that I interviewed. They all have great natural voices, but they also take it really seriously, work really hard. And I'm hoping that'll be inspiring to anybody listening. Yeah. And I mean, I think the kind of cliche analogy is always that it is like a, an athlete who's performing on, on you know, a, a professional sport who, of course, they have a, a trainer and a coach who's going to be helping them build their, you know, even though they're the best in the world, you still need someone to help you train and get there. Yeah, exactly. When people say to me, so-and-so, they need a vocal coach. They've been singing for years or they have such a great voice. And I go, well, first of all, have you ever been to any sporting event like or watch the Olympics or watch a boxing match? The coach is right there with them, helping them, you know, guide them, all of that. So I say it's the same thing with a singer, you know? Right, yeah. I always think of that. I don't know if you are a 30 Rock fan. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Yeah, there was the episode where Jenna has to perform and sing and she gets the yips and she can't can't get it out. Uh, And it's all psychological. It's just kind of overcoming that, that break. Yeah, the psychological part is huge for everybody. Right, right. And also, I mean, I, I I think people who who know singing a little bit know this, but I don't know if everybody realizes like you can really injure your voice and like, uh, you know, mess things up in there. <laughs> I'm always I'm convinced that my voice, I have like five years left and then <laughs> we're done. <laughs> I don't think so, Matt. I don't think that's true. As I'm listening to you, I don't think that's true. 
However, if you want, someday we could do a, a little voice lesson and I could give you I some pointers that. on how to maintain your voice because obviously your voice is very important to you. It's a huge part of yeah. your career. So we, and we all want you to be able to keep complaining for years and years. <laughs> we want to hear the complaints. We want to keep them coming. So I'd be glad to do that. That's my gift to the world to help you save your voice. And so we have plenty to talk about. <laughs> well, I will hold you to that. Please um, do. And it's recorded now. So it is there's no backing <laughs> out. I always think, yeah, there's a, a thing I do with my voice that it has been called my my growl where I when I shout next and it's like, a, I don't know, I go into something that I'm I'm convinced is going to absolutely kind of sandpaper away my esophagus. Well, we're going to work on that. We'll get it in the right placement so it doesn't irritate your vocal cords. And I have to teach you how to support it because I do hear you're not really supporting it when you do that. However... I love it when you do do that because it's so funny <laughs> and it really makes sense. And it says what you, what don't we all want to be able to say that in real life? And we just can't most of the time you True. get to say it. So I want to help you <laughs> just, to keep saying it. Okay. All right. I love that. Yeah. Now, do you sing Matt, by the way, I need to ask you that. I do. The, the other reason that I, I absolutely um, am destroying my voice, I'm sure, is is I do I do love to do karaoke uh, and I love, you know, I love to sing on my own, um, both the Broadway number. I was just going to ask literally. you that. Are you talking about from Les Mis? <laughs> Or are you speaking? <laughs> that is one of my favorites, but I do, <laughs> I can do that and uh, solo. But um, I've been, I do a, a stand up show, and at the end of it, I've been ending on this musical number um, that is, is horrible. <laughs> and I sort of lean into the joke that it's horrible, but um, it would be nice if it weren't horrible. Well, like I said, sometime, let me call me, we'll do a voice lesson, and I'll give you some vocal exercises to work on. So yeah, let's go with less horrible. Let's, you know, let's <laughs> make that, that our be, aim. That would be so much fun. We'll do it. Um, I All of my um, vocal advice now comes from TikTok videos that uh -huh. <laughs> uh, there's a large vocal kind of training community on TikTok that is, is you know, I'm just saying if, if, if that's of interest, you could probably make a killing on TikTok. You know, I don't know much about that community, but I'll have to look into it. I've heard about it a little bit, but I'm not on TikTok. As a matter of fact, I never even had any social media ever till now. I never had a Facebook page. I had a, like a placeholder because a couple people had created fake accounts of me. So mm -hmm. someone said, you need to have placeholders. So I had a Instagram placeholder, which I never posted on. Facebook, but I never did anything in the podcast company that I'm doing my podcast on said, you really need to have something because you don't exist. And I was right. like, you know, they say you don't exist in the world. You exist in the entertainment business, but not in the world. Mm -hmm. So I started and I said, okay, pick one thing for me to do. Cause I'm not doing five things. I'm not doing Twitter, TikTok, blah, blah, blah. So they said, all right, just do a private Instagram. So I did, I'm doing that, uh -huh. which is, and they said, what do you want to call it? And I said, how about Eric Vitro? Finally, because people, I know that's what they're going to say. Finally, you did it. So, but now that you're talking about TikTok, I guess that's the next thing I'm going to have to research <laughs> and take a look at. 
I was sort of the same way, though. I, I mean, obviously, I was on social media, but um, when TikTok came around, I was like, I already have too many things. I can't hold another thing in my head. They, they, the teens can have that. Uh, and then recently I started just playing around and watching videos and you get sucked in so fast. It's probably for the best if you want to be a productive that you do not venture in, but they, they very quickly find out what you like and then just keep feeding you. So you can't look away. Right. Yeah. No, I haven't looked. I think that the company said they might put some of my voice tips on TikTok. They said they were talking about doing that. But I don't even know if they did, and I've never looked. Because, like I said, I'm I'm with you. Only I have less bandwidth than you do, because you do a lot more. <laughs> I had no space for anything, so just doing this little Instagram has been crazy for me. Well, yeah, you uh, you get the knack of it pretty quickly, and uh, I'm sure people would love the vocal tips. I do love the vocal tips that are in in the podcast, and I think to your point. I mean, obviously, I'm a performer and I get on stage and I'm, you know, I tell jokes and um, that type of that same type of process of having to loosen up. And, you know, it's not just your voice, it's your whole body. I I mean, that's all applicable to what I do. But I think for a lot of people, yeah, you know, even before a meeting or an interview, like you said, is that can all be helpful. Yeah, I was really happy. A couple of people have said to me you know what, that I'm using some of those techniques before I do have meetings or before giving a presentation and people who had never even thought about doing that. So they're doing the face shake, you know, or they're doing the slides, (laughs) the breathing exercises. And they said, I feel much better going into the meeting. So I'm thrilled about that. Uh, the other thing that I love, and I think you touched on this at the beginning uh, the, with the distinction between teacher and coach, is that you you obviously work with these amazing musicians and people who are, you know, people say, oh, my God, you know, of course, Ariana and John Legend. But you also work with a lot of people who are not known to be singers, um, perhaps don't have singing experience, com- comedians and people who are preparing for movie roles and things like that. What is what is the difference? in that process? Well, you know, the difference would be mainly that you're teaching them from scratch. So you really start at square one because I've worked with a lot of actors who have to sing in movies, you mm-hmm. know, because maybe they're playing a role like Renee Zellweger played Judy Garland, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, or La La Land where they were singing and, and they wanted it very, very natural. Although both Ryan and Emma had sung before, but a lot of times when you're working with an actor, you are starting from scratch. So you want to really be very gentle, very cautious, careful, very, you know, positive, enthusiastic about what they're doing. With some actors, it's really about keeping their voice. Like if they're doing a play or they're Mm -hmm. doing a movie where they have to do a lot of screaming, a lot of shouting. So there's rehearsal and then filming with a lot of takes. So I have to teach them how to save their voice, how to maintain their voice. Someone said one time, oh, you probably prefer working with singers. And I said, you know, I like working with everybody. If they're a nice person, if they're interesting, smart, especially if they're talented, it's great. But I will tell you this. There is no one more appreciative than an actor who has never sung or feels like they can't sing and you help them sing. There is no one more appreciative and nicer to work with than those people because they're so happy you're helping them with something that they feel vulnerable about. 
Yeah. But I, I imagine for those people, the pressure is also on because, you know, it's like, okay, people are going to hear you do this thing that they're not used to hearing from you. So you have to really, you have to show up. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of pressure with it, but I try to make it as much fun as possible. Like that's, that's kind of one of the keys I think that makes a teacher good is that if they can make the process really fun, really enjoyable. So whoever they're working with looks forward to coming back. They go, oh, I know I'm going to have a nice hour now with this session with this person. I know I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to learn. I'm going to improve, but I'm also going to have a good time and we're going to laugh because yeah. isn't that how you want to spend your days enjoying yourself? Right. We've alluded to your podcast and the guests that you've had on it, but for someone who hasn't heard any of the episodes yet, give us the 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 lowdown. Well, it's called Backstage Pass with Eric Vitro, and it's me talking with some of the people I've worked with. So far, I've had Ariana Grande, John Legend, Shawn Mendes. Uh, today, Camila Cabello's episode came out. I mm -hmm. had Rosalia, uh, Vanessa Hutchins, who just, you know, uh, her movie Tick, Tick, Boom just was released. Stephanie mm -hmm. Beatrice, who was the star of Encanto, that was the new animated first Latinx Disney princess that Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the music to. So I mm -hmm. had her on. And we talk about all sorts of things, their mental state, their anxieties, how they get over it. Uh, we talk about meditation, journaling, because some people that really helps. We talk about some of their vocal exercises, how they've improved their voice, what they do to take care of themselves, even health-wise, getting sleep. And like I said, it's meant to inspire anyone, not just for a singer, which I think it's really meant for them, for a, a, especially an aspiring singer just starting out. But I think it's meant for anybody. You know, I loved on Camila's episode today, she talks about how she was painfully shy when she was younger. And when she wanted to audition for X Factor, you know, her family was like, you? But you can't sing in front of anybody. <laughs> you start to cry if, you, if we try to make you sing in front of someone. But she just, she had heard Oprah say, you know, five or six seconds of bravery can change the whole course of your life. And that's what mm -hmm. she did. She had those five or six seconds of bravery getting out there to audition for X Factor. And it did change her life. Then, you know, she became a member of Fifth Harmony and then broke off and went on to her own and having a great solo career. So I feel like it's going to be inspirational for anybody listening to it. But that's basically what it's like getting through. How do you how do you maintain a career? How do you build a career? How do you even get started? You know, I try to touch on everything. Yeah. No, it is so it's so fun to listen to. It feels like you are sitting in on a session between, you know, you and the person that you're you're coaching. And, um, you know, you, you can tell that you have such a great rapport with everybody. Everybody enjoys being there and talking with you. Um, it is it is it's so much fun. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, I love talking to them. I love all of these people. So for me to get one more opportunity to spend time with them is really a pleasure. And a lot of people have said to me what they really liked was hearing, you know, we just have very short snippets of them vocalizing, doing vocal exercises. But people have said to me they were amazed. They didn't know that's how these people would sound when they're vocalizing, warming up their voice, like a pop singer that might sound almost operatic, you know, we, 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 you know, something like that. They go, oh, I didn't realize that's what they would sound like warming up, or I didn't even know they were capable of sounding like that. So that's been a kind of a fun surprise. I didn't even think about that aspect because I'm so used to it. But when people said that to me, I thought, oh, that's kind of a surprise. That'll be fun for people to hear. 
Yeah. No, that was one of my my favorite little clips was Ariana singing as if she were singing everything in a in a Broadway show because <laughs> right. obviously <laughs> Yeah, I mean you have to your voice sounds different when you're on a stage projecting for a theater. Yeah. Uh yeah, exactly. yeah, but I would I would love an entire album from her in just uh, in a Broadway style. I'm just saying. Well, you we know, talk I wouldn't say that that's not going to be in the future because not that I know. <laughs> I'm certainly not teasing out anything, but she loves Broadway so much. And, you know, I don't think I've ever seen her as happy or as excited as when she got cast to be Glinda in Wicked, the Wicked movie. Yeah. She was just over the moon. I really don't think I've ever seen her that happy. So I I could see a whole album of, but I'm going to tell her, I'm going to talk to her later and I'm going to tell her that you want to hear that album. (laughs) Okay, good. And and she could make it. My word. (laughs) By the way, she could make that album tonight. She could go in and sing every song flawlessly because there's not a Broadway song she doesn't know or can't sing beautifully. So she could I have no doubt. make it so yeah. easily. Well, Eric, thank you so much. I'm. Uh, this was such a pleasure. I'm so glad that we got to chat uh, for, for more than just a little phone call and get to know one another. I am too, Matt. And five years later, and we finally got to... I know (laughs) to do it. And once again, I'm so sorry about that day. Like I said, that was a crazy, unbelievable mix up that they could have possibly thought that. And, oh, it just, it haunted me for a long time. It was totally, trust me. I, I did not think, oh, this guy is, is to blame at all. Uh, All right. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, it's a shame we had to do this um, uh, across the country, but hopefully someday soon we can we can get together in person. Okay, fantastic. I would love that, Matt. So great talking to you. Thank you for having me. You too. And everybody can hear um, Backstage Pass wherever they get their podcasts. Right. And um, with Eric Vitro, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Apple Spotify, wherever. It's everywhere. And then they shouldn't look you up on social media because you're not really there. Now I am. Now I am Eric Vitro, finally. And I've been doing my best to make it entertaining. I don't know if it's doing very well, but I'm doing my best to make it entertaining. (laughs) All right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. What are we highlighting this week? Well, with the holidays coming up, I wanted to challenge everyone to maybe not buy gifts through Amazon. Mm. Uh, you know, you can shop local. There are sites like Shop In, which we'll link to in our show notes, which is basically like an online market but they only give you local shops to buy from. You can do things like bake your own presents, you know, give out mm. give out some some baked goods. You could donate to a bunch of organizations, maybe some of the ones that we shout out and do better white people on behalf of your loved ones. Um, but I just I know it can seem hard to not shop on Amazon if you're really used to it, but it definitely can be done. <laughs> um, and there are all sorts of like fun little holiday markets that pop up this time of year. And I would just really, really recommend trying to support your local stores and your local businesses during this time of year. It usually is like the biggest time of year for these places. And also with the supply chain issues and things like that, shipping's a nightmare. So 
why not just walk over to a cute little store nearby instead? Love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the TV we're watching this week. What have you been watching? Uh, I've been watching what I know you also have been watching, which is that Pen15 is back. Yes. One of our favorite shows. Oh, I love it. It's so good. I've only watched the first episode so far uh, of the new season, which is technically like part two of last season. Um, uh-huh. But it uh, really, really <laughs> struck home. It was a bat mitzvah. It was Broadway themed. Mine was not Broadway themed. Mine was just books themed. Uh, that's right, folks. My bat mitzvah theme was books. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll post a cute little bat mitzvah photo um, in, on the gram. <laughs> but uh, it it did haunt me. Um, and I love it so much. <laughs> the second or they started getting into it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I believe you texted me being like, I am screaming. Have you watched it yet? <laughs> uh, it is so funny. That show. It is so ridiculous. And yeah, I've only watched a few episodes, but that is also mine. I've just, it is. Yeah. I love it so much. Every second so of much. it. Yeah. Um, what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that I was just in Tucson, Arizona with a bunch of my family visiting my papa, my grandpa for his 90th birthday. And he's just a really incredible person. I really love him so much. He is a Holocaust survivor. I like grew up introducing him to crowds of students, like literally as young as I was like eight years old, uh, because he goes around and he tells his story and he wrote a book. I can include a link to that Mm -hmm. uh, in the show notes as well. Um, And it was so I haven't seen him in two years, uh, almost to the date. So it was really, really special to be with him and his partner and my family and just to all be together. Also, my niece is now a year and some change and she's the freaking cutest in the world. So (laughs) uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, just being with family and being with him. It was really a special time. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's your non-TV chaser for the week? Um, yeah, I mean, I was also uh, home in Chicago for the past couple weeks, and that was definitely a fun chaser for me. Um, <laughs> I don't I sound exasperated when I yeah. <laughs> I was like, was it a chaser or do you need a chaser? <laughs> no, I I mean, that was the first time I had been home since the Christmas before. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also I did a show in Chicago that my my parents came to, which Fun. was <laughs> this was the first one in a while that I was like, some of my jokes, do I like want to have to explain these? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did very strategically, although this wasn't necessarily planned, but I did my show in Chicago and then the next morning I had to leave to go to Indianapolis. So so that you wouldn't have to face them. <laughs> right. That wasn't the intention, but it did work out that way, um, Great. which was nice. Um, yeah, because I kept joking about how I'm going to have to explain stuff in the car ride home. Sure enough, my mom asked me what a flashlight was. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, just don't worry about it. Um, and then she insisted I explain. And it was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. My dad had some uh, pretty interesting questions about stuff as well. Uh, okay, in good, Tucson. Good. So, you know, it's <laughs> we're really, we're doing God's work here. Uh, I just, yeah, I I don't care to explain anything. Um, you <laughs> just look it up. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun. And the crowds in Chicago and Indianapolis were so much fun and I can't wait to go back yeah oh can I have one more chaser uh-huh your beard oh it's still here 
and we love her. I know. I need to I need to tame it a little bit. I'm so excited for you to get into the grooming uh, of your beard. It's a whole new routine. I know. Uh, what happened was because I was home in Chicago for two weeks, I just didn't shave. And then I was like, maybe I'll just leave. I've done all of this hard work of growing this beard. Maybe I'll just keep at it and see if I like it. Yeah. And I kind of do. Good. Oh my God, 2022, a whole new you. We'll see. We'll see. It's It takes getting used to aesthetically and physically. <laughs> <laughs> but that is it for this season of Unhappy Hour. And my other chaser, of course, is everybody who listened this whole year uh, and everybody who makes this show possible. I know it seems like it is just me doing this podcast and I know how you get that impression because it's like, oh, Matt, you obviously do so much work all the time, but it's not. There's a whole team behind this podcast that helps every single, every single week, every single episode. Obviously, it's produced by Barry Finkel and me, but also Melissa Slaughter and Arlena Revelo. uh, And of course... We have to thank Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Shout out to Hadim, who helps us with all of our social media stuff uh, and works with the team to get all of our assets together for every episode. Also, our music is by Hansdale Sue. So thank you to everybody who helps put together Unhappy Hour and for all of you for listening. Uh, if you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head to my Patreon where you'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories, video of extended guest complainer interviews, and an entire separate podcast feed of all of the bonus stories every single week. So it's like a second day of Unhappy Hour shit that you get. You can also get merch and it's holiday season. Get some merch on happyhourshop.com. As always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y wherever you get podcasts, follow us rate us, review us, but only if it's nice, I don't want to hear your shit you can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie, you can worship me at Matt Bellisai, you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz, you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT, that's 601-600-7268 and that's it for this season finale part one episode See you next week for part two. Bye-bye.